This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. And we're moving pretty fast through the year, through the quarter. I mean, we're moving the thing. We got Halloween coming in coming up, and then Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and a new year. And it's been pretty uh pretty eventful year, 2020, and I think it's gonna continue to be so. I mean, we had the presidential elections in like three weeks. That's gonna you know, that does make a difference for the market. But as I said yesterday, and I will say it again, it the market really does not care who wins the presidency. It doesn't. It cares about ec- economics. It cares about how much money the government's going to spend. And, it care, you know, different things. And the market knows that whoever wins is going to spend a lot of money on the next stimulus package in a market like that. That's what it cares about. Now, the, the, this year, the stock, the stock market's been pretty volatile. I mean, you got to go pretty far back. 1929 was a very volatile year. But remember, volatility is not just down. 1929 was mostly down, stayed there for a while. Uh, it's down and up. We were down, what, 35 37% back up. And we're back where we were, close to. Now, the overall market isn't, but... The major indexes, the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ are kind of interesting. So just expect more more volatility, and you're going to just have to learn to deal with it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with volatility. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to provide answers to any of your financial questions, any investment questions. Um, and I do this with a strategy, uh, you know, of just I want to help you become financially independent. We call it financial freedom. It's that's it. There's no secret, you know. No, I don't have a, an underlying agenda. Of course, I do this because I, you know I'm to advertise my my business. But I really do want to help you. If I can help you, I'll help. So that's my primary goal. Now, the market today, the Dow was down 166, the NASDAQ down 95, and the S&P down 23. So, down day. It started up, up, but spent most of the day on the downside. Nothing major. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if we're going to see a major move up or down until after the election or, or if there's some kind of agreement on the spending package before the election, which I doubt. But that's what happened today. Okay, um... Let's see. So we're going to have a busy day. I have a number of items I want to talk about before the end of the day. But it's time to give me a call. You've got to be prepared for that volatility, as I said. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's go take our first call. Let's talk to Cynthia in Santa Cruz. Hi, this is Cynthia in Santa Cruz. I've been listening to your show since the beginning of the year, and I'm hooked now. So I have a question about (laughs) AT&T, um, the symbol uh-huh. is T. I bought a small, I started buying small increments starting around $29 per share, and it's been going down, so I bought a little bit more. Uh, the goal is to okay. fit around 20, 200 shares, about 200 shares for the dividend play. But uh, do right. you think it's still a good strategy, or 
is it yes. worth keeping? Should I sell? Yes. Buy more? Nope. Don't. Uh, how much of your overall portfolio? See, that's what you want to kind of gauge. You don't want too much of any one stock in your portfolio. And if your portfolio not, has, yeah. go ahead. Go Sorry. ahead. Cindy. It's not a very big percentage of the portfolio. Okay. So if yeah. it's not, if it's still under, let's say it's under five percent. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can add to it. You can add to it. Um, and I think you should because, you know, they pay a 7.6% dividend now and their dividend is not in danger. The cash flow is $7.80 a share. It's a $27 stock. Huge cash flow compared yeah. to the price of stock. And the PE is at the low part of its range. This is where it goes. A low, the high 20s to the low 30s, maybe mid 30s, back to the high 20s. Been doing that for a long time. So you load up here, you cut back when it gets to the mid 30s. It's as simple okay. as that. And What's your take You're on right. why it's going down so uh, much? Well, value stocks still haven't haven't come, become you know a favored position. Growth stocks are still the leaders here. You can see that in the Nasdaq. You know, when you look at a chart, so it, it there's no there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the company. Nothing. Uh, it's the sales are shrinking in the single digits, and that'll probably turn around when this COVID thing gets over, you know gets behind us. Remember, investors look forward, so they'll have to they have to look forward and see. Okay, well, the COVID thing's going to be behind us six months from now or nine months from now. No, you'll see this AT and T start to rise before that even happens. But that's what that's what's going to happen when the COVID thing gets behind us. AT and T will pick up. Thanks for the call, Cynthia. I appreciate it. Okay, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while. You have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. And as a first step, you know we have we have it available to you. Build you got to build. That's a first step in building anything, building a portfolio that's going to make money. So you need to find how much risk you're com- you're comfortable with. How much risk? How do you do that? It's easy. You can take our risk tolerance questionnaire. It's a free online tool at investtalk.com called Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire. Very few questions. Now I'm ready to make your, take all your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Investor. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. Tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. The Anytime listener lines are open, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. Investtalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, our focus point today is going to be about Disney. Did you hear about their reorganizing? What can we learn from Disney's business unit restructuring plans? So we'll talk about that. I got other things that we want to get to. Maybe a CPI, PPI numbers, talk about GDP. And there's a billionaire who was pushing Tesla for years now, and he's made a ton of money. He's pushing another kind of car company. Maybe we can get to that. We'll talk about it. So that's coming up. Other topics you might want to talk about, uh, well, I, I don't, we don't do politics here, but we can talk about the spending package and how that's going to affect everything. I'm, I'm very concerned, and I'm going to tie that into our CPI, PPI number, PPI number, what those are, consumer price index, 
producer price index, and about inflation and what the government's spending. So I think that's going to be kind of important. So let's keep things moving. This came in earlier from a listener in Idaho, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Cole from Idaho. I just had a quick question about BABA Alibaba. Uh, it seems like that stock's running pretty high. I know it's a growth stock. It may be a little bit overpriced with its P&E kind of being a little bit high. I was just wondering if you thought maybe it would be a good idea for a quick growth stock or maybe even a long-term hold their EPS. Looks like it's going up. If you could answer that, that would be fantastic. Listen to you guys every day. Thanks. Mike. Yeah. Alibaba, of course, is a growth stock. Provides global online mobile retail marketplaces uh, via Tabio and Tmall. It's a Chinese, Hong Kong growth stock. It's you know, it's you know, it's the big competitor to Amazon.com, uh, but in Asia, they're growing pretty fast still. The most recent quarter, thirty percent growth. Uh, before that was sixteen percent. Before that was in the thirties for forty four or five quarters in a row. So. Earnings are going to be eleven dollars and sixty cents next year. That's up twenty three percent this year. Next the year be the um, that's next year. This year nine dollars and forty four cents. That's up twenty six percent from last year. So it's a three hundred and one dollar stock. So you're talking in the thirties PE ratio, and the range has been twenty one to forty two. Great return on equity forty two. So this is a gross stock that's taken off, and you want to buy this on any kind of pullback, and I think it. If you ever got back to 270, that would be a very strong support area. Uh, but more likely, it's going to going to pull back to 290, and that would be a support area too, just not as strong. So it's one of those stocks that you buy it and you hold on to it, and you know it could keep running. You don't know. The problem I have is where it is out of China, and it's hard to rely on the numbers from that those companies from there. Not that our companies are always honest. They're not. But, you know, less so out of China, it seems to me. Okay. So, what can we learn from Disney's? What can we learn from their restructuring plan? You know, I ask this because COVID-19 is sending a tidal wave uh, through American businesses. And Walt Disney Company is reacting by reorganizing its content groups. What does that mean? Well, it's what you know, there are certain areas that make money for Disney, right? We all know the movie business. We know that uh, you know the uh, uh, yeah, sports business on ESPN. Then Disney Plus just was recently released. So what they're doing, uh, and of course their their normal TV off. What they're doing is they're combine they're putting the three divisions under one general entertainment uh, distribution, media and entertainment distribution group. And this person is going to decide where all these entertainment pieces fit and how they're going to do it. It's more uh, moving toward online. They're moving more aggressively to online. They already were doing that with Disney+. Plus, But now they're reorganizing the company to focus on their online business. They're going to release another movie online uh, in December. I think that's what they were saying, called Soul. So it's from Pixar. So there's going to be, they're just reorganizing, focusing on um, focusing on the internet, which is probably a pretty smart idea. 
They announced twenty eight thousand dollar twenty eight thousand job cuts recently, so I don't know if that anything to do with this. And it might cost them money in the short line, short short run. But yesterday when they announced it, stock went up about four percent. So I think some analysts like it. What's really interesting, what is it going to do to the business, the movie business, the movie houses? Are they going to show less movies at the movie houses? Uh, I'm not, I don't know. They didn't mention that. But, you know, this COVID-19 has really changed a lot of things. So we'll see if it, how, how, how permanent change this is. Because no one really knows. I don't know. No one really knows. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and keep moving. Let's move fast. I can squeeze in one more caller question. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, just looking to find out what you think a good entry point would be for ExxonMobil, XOM. Thanks a lot. Another big dividend payer is stock. It pays a 10.2% dividend. It makes $6.76 in cash flow on a $34 stock. It's going to only make 32 cents this year. Well, it's going to lose 32 cents this year, then make $1.43 next year. Last year it made $2.25, the year before $4.64. Oil prices really got hit. But, but remember, ExxonMobil has a very large natural gas p- provision as well. If if you're going to buy it, you buy it here. I mean, it bounced off $32.50. It's oh, That was close to the bottom it made last March. So it's very close to its bottom. It went up and pulled back another couple of days. I think as long as it holds that $32 area, you buy it. At $34.15, I think it's a buy right now. You're, while, you're hold, while you're holding on to it, you get 10.2% dividend. Pretty hard to turn your nose up at that. It really is. That's ExxonMobil. XOM, I don't think I'd tell you what they do. They're the world's one of the world's largest oil companies, if not the world's largest oil. 99 chart 888-992-4278. We're going to a break. You can give me a call anytime you want. You listen to Invest Talk. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com. It's been another Investor Wednesday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility, and you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, CPI, PPI, the Consumer Price Index, Producer Price Index, this is a gauge of inflation, and it came out this week. Uh, consumer price index uh, inflation at the consumer level was up two tenths percent. That was for September. Now the month before was up four tenths. They expected it to be up two tenths, so it came in as expected. The producer price index—that's inflation at the, the at the companies that make the stuff. Okay, they're up four tenths percent. It was three tenths percent the month before. Core products up two tenths. Why am I even talking about this? Because I think we all have to keep a very sharp eye out for inflation. I think inflation is coming. 
Uh, and mind you, we, we have, our average inflation is like 3.2% or so, and we're running about 1.4%. So the Federal Reserve has said they're going to let inflation run if it, when it starts to come above its, its normal rate, above 3%. If inflation rises 3%, that's more than a double from where it is today. It's still not that high, right? Do you remember how much inflation was in uh, 1980 when it peaked? It was like 14%. Somewhere in that range. Not sure exactly, but it's in that. It was in the mid-teens. Okay. Um, do you remember what mortgage rates were? I know I paid 12 and a quarter for, my, for a 30-year fix for my first house. I know that. And that was back in that period. And I was lucky. I thought I got a good deal at that time. So um, inflation is coming. It's, it, inflation is usually a result of too loose a monetary policy in which, both the, the, in which the government spends way too much money. We are hugely in debt and everybody's ignoring it. And that is going to cause inflation down the road. I think the government wants inflation. Because they want to pay the debt down with cheaper future dollars. Not in today's dollars. Future dollars are much cheaper. That's what I think. Let's go to Shannon in Florida. Let's talk about college funds. Shannon. Hey, Steve. Uh, hope all is well. Thanks for your podcast. And I'm just calling about um, college funds. So my wife is pregnant. And, uh, you know, I remember you talking before. There might be two different options. And uh, they do a couple different yes. things. But... Or maybe I don't do one at all. Maybe yes. I just set aside a little bit of fun on the side. Um, but how should, I, how should I invest for my uh, kids' future? Okay, uh, there's two options, as you mentioned. There's the 529 programs, and each state, Florida has a pretty good 529 program, by the way, from what I understand. And there's what's called a Coverdale. The 529 program is money you can put aside. It's not tax deductible, but all the growth is never taxed. So if your child is one year old and you'll wait 18 years of growth, You'll never have to pay tax on the money when you start paying to college. But a 529, you use for, only can pay for accredited colleges only. A Coverdell can pay for any higher or any education, for that matter. Um, and you can put up to like 15000 a year in a Coverdell and only 2500 or so. I mean, 15000 in a 529 and only 2500 in a Coverdell. There's very different amounts of money you can put away. Do you use the 529? Well, if uh, I think it's a good sound investment because you don't have to pay taxes on the money. But what happens if a kid doesn't go to a credit college? Well, you can't just take that money out. You can roll it over to yourself or your wife or your grandchildren or to your second child if you have another one. You can change beneficiaries. So you just got to be aware of that. Okay? Appreciate the call. I do like the 529 starting early. I think that's a good a good place to help with the college expenses when your child gets old enough to go. Here's a question you might be asking yourself. Is economic optimism valid today? Well, there are many signs that it is improving. Housing is just one sector where we can see lots of strength. Home builders, housing starts, existing home sales, all pretty strong. Trucking and deliveries are up 11% since February. Since February, up 
Construction jobs are up 7%. And, of course, you know, there are sectors in our economy that are suffering, beauty and wellness, you know, the grooming, haircutting, you know, all those places. They're suffering, but they are recovering. Brick and mortar retailers like Kohl's and Target are pretty strong, so it's not all dire. It's not. Uh, as we reopen our economy, things are looking up. And, you know, I just heard from WHO, I just I heard yesterday, the day before, where they felt that a shutdown of, of the economies around the world was a mistake. Weren't they one pushing the shutdown to stop the... Now they're saying, no, no, you got to reopen. I, I, who's right? I, I don't know. You know, it's very frustrating. It seems like, it just seems like no one knows exactly what they should be doing. Experts are changing their mind quite often. Anyways, looking back to Black Monday. Okay, we're going to talk about the trivia question. This year has been a pretty amazing volatile year, right? Roller coaster kind of year. A down and big up. But wild gyrations and stock valuations is not a new phenomenon. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Looking back to Black Monday, do you remember that? And the stock market crashed in 1987. That was October 19th, by the way. There was no pandemic, yet the five-year bull run ended quickly one day. What were the what were the speculated causes of that day? I'll have the answer. I'll have the answer after the break. 888-99-CHART. Let's say... You've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. Looking back to Black Monday and the stock market crash of 1987, there was no pandemic, yet the five-year bull run ended very, very fast. So what were the speculated causes? Okay, a little refresher. The stock market crash of 1987. I have the Wall Street Journal right in front of me for the day after that. That happened, uh, uh, the market was falling for like five days. Then October 19th, it fell like 20% in one day. Largest one-day crash. Bigger than the 1929 crash in any one day. I think that biggest one day then was like 12, 13%. Now, what caused it? What was happening? Well, there was steep, uh, steep declines were created as a result of significant selling. Remember, they didn't have fast computers in those days. So total trading volume was so large that the computerized trading systems that they did have couldn't process the vol- the orders. Couldn't do it. Okay, some orders were left unfilled for over an hour, and those orders in- those order imbalances prevent investors from discovering the true price of stocks. So it was it was so what are some of the causes so what were some of the causes well there was an issue with the persian gulf okay there was uh let's see i am looking at the paper it says uh, attack on iranian site wins praise but means violence may escalate that's on the front page of wall street journal there was fear of higher interest rates that could have played a role there was there had been a five-year bull run without a significant correction hmm You've seen the runs we've had longer than that. And yes, computerized program trading could have been a potential cost. That was the beginning days of computerized program trading. And there was also deeper economic factors that might have been to play, even though most experts felt there wasn't going to be recession. And I don't think we did go into recession after that. I don't think we did. So it was an interesting time. It was a it was a crash that we have not seen bigger than anything we've seen since. Name me something. Even even the nine eleven planes going into World Trade Center and the market wasn't nearly as big as this. Isn't that interesting? 
That was 1987, October. October is known to be put in, to put in bottoms. So September usually is kind of the worst month, and then October starts to recover. But the bottom is put in in October. Anyways, I've told I have as I have told you, we get caller questions from across America and really across the world. Here comes a question from Texas. Hello, Invest Talk. This is John from Texas. Appreciate y'all very much. Question on ETFs, uh, not anyone in particular, just basic valuation. You know, ETFs are all the rage because that's kind of where all the easy money's going, kind of passive investing. But when you look at them on a chart, you know, you don't see any any financials directly. You don't see any, you know, PE ratio. It's just almost a number on a chart with your stocks that uh, are in that ETF percentage-wise. And, and that's really about it. So how do you value if it's if it's overpriced, underpriced, fairly valued compared to maybe a similar ETF with a few different companies? I just am struggling to find, you know, where you want to have an entry point on a certain ETF. Thanks so much in advance. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay, two, two, two parts of the answer here. First, an ETF follows a sector, a grouping, something. It follows something. They're not usually managed by anybody. They're following a sector or a country or, or a, a, a currencies, precious metals, whatever. So you can analyze it by what sector of the market is the good time to be in at this time. The other is you have to look at the ETF you're in and look at all the holdings, or at least the majority of the top holdings that represent most of that sector or splice of the market. And you got to do the work and look them up and find out if ETF is overvalued because the stocks inside them are overvalued or undervalued. Okay, so that's, that's what you have to do. There's a lot of work to do it that way. So most people use ETS to get into a particular slice of the market that they think is going to work uh, at this particular time. That's what they do. You know, so if you think the FANG stocks are going to continue to work, then you buy the NASDAQ 100, the QQQs, because they have all their FANG stocks in there. Okay, so if you feel that um, oil prices and oil companies are really abused, but you don't want to pick an oil company, well, there's the ETF for the the energy sector. So, you know, that's how you do it. Hope that helps. 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART. That's the number, everybody. You can give me a call whenever you feel like it. Uh, let's talk about GDP. Now, our gross domestic product here in the United States was shrinking at 31.4% at its worst. Okay? It probably... It, it won't end up like that. The quarter three has it scheduled that we should increase by about 33% from the worst in the quarter two. Okay, so those two numbers are the largest in history. Okay, because remember, we shut down the economy and then we try to reopen the economy. That's why, I mean, if you shut something down completely, which we kind of did, right? Uh, it's not it's not so hard to get it growing again, is it? All you do is open it up. Okay, but do you know that number, that 33%, the low of the 
possible range, the low and high of the range for the growth of the third quarter is the lowest I've seen is about 20% growth, and the highest is about 35% growth. Most most people come in right around the 33 number. The experts, the pundits, 33% growth in the third quarter. And that, by the way, is going to come out five days before the election day, presidential election day. That's going to boost Trump, right? I mean, because it's going to show growth, and he's going to be out there spouting it, right? Of course he is. I would. He, he would, too. Everybody would. But they give you a different way to look at it. Our economy before, in Q2, before COVID, grew at 20, was a size, the size of our economy was $21.75 trillion. That's the size of our economy before COVID. After COVID, $19.5 trillion. So we lost like $2.25 trillion in our economy despite that shutdown and that, and then try to open it up, back, back up. So that gives you an idea of the size of the, the, our economy and the damage we sustained. So I, I'm not sure people think that, oh, my goodness, we're down 31%, therefore, you know, blah, blah. well, remember, that's the peak. I mean, the valley, the very deepest part. You know, so that's not the whole quarter, right? The quarter is three months. It was March, so we shut everything down. April, we started to open it back up. Remember that? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we have posted on our website, investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, dot com. You can learn about the various investor strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. Or, for example, you can check out the Equity Income Plus program. It's dividend investing with a little boost. We developed this strategy, and it, it it only holds dividend-paying stocks, but then we try to give it a boost by writing covered calls on those stocks. I earn more money, income money. So if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial in Irvine. We can help you. We want to help you. To so learn more at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Good news, Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hi, this is Richard from Las Vegas. I called asking about Altria, the stock symbol Mo. I'm just trying to figure out. I bought 300 shares in March at 35.50, and I'm really wanting to uh, increase my stock ownership in uh, Altria. It's paying an eight and a half percent yield. It's a 75 billion dollar company. 
their Ford PE is around nine. I'm just trying to figure out what's wrong with this. Is there too much debt in the company? Uh, is there lack of confidence in uh, earnings looking ahead? Just like your opinion on what you think of Altria. Thank you very much. Bye. I like Altria. I mean, I hate cigarette smoking. I mean, if you want to know the truth, I just can't stand the smoke. But I like it as a company. It manufactures cigarettes and other tobacco products, mainly sold under Marlboro and black and mild names. It is, as he said, a very large company. They've made money forever. Uh, they've increased their earnings slowly every year. They've been very good at it. They're going to make $4.32 this year. That's up 3% from last year. They're going to make $4.58 next year. That's another 6%. They do pay that 8 point. I have an 8.7% dividend right now. Uh, uh, they have a lot of debt. They do have debt, but their cash flow is really hard, is large enough to handle it. It's not like they can't handle it. What's wrong with them? Nothing. They're not in a growth industry. It's tobacco. No one likes tobacco. That's what's wrong with them. No one likes them. That's why they pay a very high dividend to attract investors. Okay? Return on equity is very high at 75%. I mean, in a normal market environment, if it wasn't tobacco, this stock would be a lot higher. I mean, it made much less money in 2015, 16, 17, and it was ranging from $50 to $70 a share. And 17, it got up to $77 a share. Today, it's at 39 so I can see this is a place you're going to buy it if you're buying it for the dividend. This is where you buy it. You put it on here. What you know? It's like AT and T and Exxon we talked about before. When do you buy these stocks? Well, you buy them when they're paying the maximum dividend, right? I mean, that's when you want to own them. When you want to buy them, yeah, they could go down, sure, but you're going to get that dividend. You're always going to get the dividend. So let's grab another call. We seem to be getting a lot of calls from Texas lately. This came into our voice bank at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Adam from Texas. Thank you for taking my call. I had a question based on a recent show. And I was out walking this morning, I was listening to it, and I was just wondering, it was in regard to retirement funds. So you said eight times the income per year but I'm wondering, how does a pension figure in to that equation? So I'm estimated to have a 5000 per month pension, and my income is right around 100000 a year. So I was wondering if you could take some time to, to help me out and answer it on the show. Typically don't read anything about planning for retirement, saving for retirement that figures in pension for some reason. So... I appreciate it. Love the show, as always. Thank you, guys. Bye. Okay, that's a very good question. What are you trying to do? What that rule of thumb of eight times your annual, last year's annual salary, uh, in his case, that would be $800,000. He said he made $800,000. That is a rule of thumb because what you're trying to do is replace the income that you're losing, right? That's what you're trying to do. Now, if you have a pension giving you $5,000 a month, okay, so that's $60,000 a year. Uh, $800,000, how much would that produce safely? Okay, maybe, you know, 4%, 5%. So thirty dollars to $40,000 is what it will produce. And then you add in Social Security. So what you're trying to do is replace your income. And if you're making 10000 a year, 
what's your income? Nine thousand something a, a month. Okay, so you already got five thousand in a pension, so you now need four more thousand. How much are you going to get in Social Security? Probably three thousand or so, maybe four. It depends on your age and how close you are to retirement, all that stuff. Uh, so you're getting very close to replacing your salary. Remember, that's what this is all about. I'm now retired. I don't have active income. So where, well, how much passive income can I produce? And I don't want to reduce my lifestyle necessarily. Now, some people will move to someplace else much cheaper or buy a much smaller house or live in a trailer. I don't know. But most people want to maintain their lifestyle in retirement. So that means you've got to maintain your income. Instead of active, it's passive. And you got to stay up with inflation, which right now is, you know, one and a half percent. But it's, you, you better key in three percent in your head, inflation. So that's what that exercise is all about. Okay, that's what it's all about. Great call, though. Appreciate it. Go have a good walk out there in Texas. Hope it's not too hot. Actually, I think it's pretty cool. I'll be going to Texas next week to visit some relatives. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here, everybody, and it's always the same, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. Of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART as I get through right now. You are listening to Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, on the next next on Invest Talk, everybody. The performance tech company Hyperize has attracted a slew of star athlete investors. The company specializes in performance recovery products, including the Hypervolt massagers, which target soft tissue pain and muscle recovery. Justin will handle this story tomorrow. But now let's squeeze in another caller question. This time it is from New Jersey. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. It's Charles from Fort Lee, New Jersey. I wanted your opinion about Qualcomm. I bought the stock at 86, and now it's at about 130. Do you think it's time to take some money off the table, half a position, half my position out? What do you think at this point? And also, if you have any information, if you could give me some information with regarding the MO. Thank you for all you do and uh, for your wonderful program. Qualcomm. It's been around a while. Qualcomm designs CDMA and... OFDMA-based ICSs and system software used in wireless handsets, modem cards, and networks. So they make chipsets, and they own a lot of technologies, a lot of patents that make your cell phones work. They've been around a long time, uh, since the, what, 19, uh, let's see, 1980, 1990s, I think. 
Anyways, it's a very strong company, $146 billion in size. They're going to make $3.91 this year. Next year, they're going to make $6.44. Return on equity is 132%. Now, sales in the most recent quarter actually went down, but that's going to change. So, and everybody's anticipating that's going to change. And at a, right now, at a 52-week high, $129.88 a share. I mean, at COVID, the bottom of COVID, it was like $60, oh, $60 or so. So, it's doubled. Okay? More than doubled. Um, I think what you do is you follow this with a stop, okay? A fairly start, sharp stop. Uh, and I would use a trend line to come up with that stop. And that trend line looks like to me is about $125. It's at $129.88. So it breaks $125, takes them off the table. I wouldn't get out of it, but it just broke out a few days ago from resistance level at $125. So I don't know where it's going from now. It might keep going up. I don't I don't know. So you want to ride the ride as long as you can, but just follow up with a pretty tight stop to take some profits off the table. That's what I would do. Okay, Qualcomm. QCOM is the symbol. QCOM. Okay, uh one last talking point before we're gonna call it a day, I guess, huh? I mean, um Ron Barron, you ever heard of Ron Barron? He's a billionaire. He was a big investor and has been a big investor in Tesla, probably making more billions of dollars, okay? He is now pushing another electric car company. Now, do you know Tesla is up 400% this year? 400% this year? It's amazing how that stock is. It's a car company. Yes, I know it's got a lot of tech. It's electric and all that stuff, but it's still a car company. So what company is he pushing? I've had people call me on the show about that company. You remember? NIO, N-I-O. It's a Chinese manufacturer of cars, electric cars. NIO. Very overpriced. They don't make money. The sales growth is pretty strong. They had a couple of weak quarters because of COVID, but now they're coming back strong in the most recent quarter, 140% increase. It's not an old company. It's been around September 18th. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, September 2018. September 2018 when it came out here as an uh, and a, a, a on our exchange. Now you got to be careful. Remember, it's a Chinese manufacturer of electric vehicles and parts, and you know they have, tend not to be. They tend to be pretty loose on uh, numbers and facts and figures. Just just so you know. And this this company has skyrocketed. Has skyrocketed. So it was up uh, today. Guess what? It was up 22% today. One day. One day. So just be careful out there. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Investop program. I will return Friday with highlights from the latest KPP premium newsletter. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that you, know, you can choose from over 100 archived podcasts at investtalk.com. InvestTalk.com, the podcast, there's 100 of them. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and, of course, InvestTalk.com. And remember, we also stream the program live each weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, on InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is InvestTalk. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. 
Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.